We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Pretty disappointed we have to start off this way. I trust the process in MLB. I really do. And I think there's a reason I'm sitting here in front of you today. And I'm uh, just asking everyone to wait before they rush to judgment. Your lawyer, among other comments, said the words that you did nothing wrong. Is that your position, that you did nothing wrong? That is. That is. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. I love that question. Is that your position that you get? Oh, yeah. That's my position. That's his position. He yeah. feels like he will be fully exonerated at the end of this investigation. But let's be very clear here. He's in camp because the the process protects players who are accused of such things, and the investigation well, has dragged on to the point where he can be within his rights in reporting to camp, and they can't tell him anything otherwise. He's in camp because he has a one-year $12 million deal. Yes. That's it. Right. If he I mean, had a, if he had a, if he uh, had a one-year, one million dollar deal, or he would a non-roster not be invitation yeah. to come prove yourself, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be, be proving anything. Yeah. No, this is very clear. What's going on here? The White Sox are in a position to whatever degree they can deny it or whatever. They're they're protecting their investment because it's twelve yes. million dollars. Yeah, they could cut him. Right, that is accurate. They could waive him, and there would be, they would just have to pay him twelve million dollars. But if they wait, maybe he gets suspended and they don't have to pay the $12 million. And the commissioner could step in and put him on a paid administrative leave seven days at a time. And if you recall, the Trevor Bauer situation was during the season, but he every week was almost like, oh, okay, time's up, boom, time's up, boom. And every week he was placed on another So he got paid leave. is what you're saying. Yeah, I believe so. Power throughout the whole thing. And the Dodgers paid $22 million to make him go away at the end of that whole saga. Yeah, he hasn't signed anywhere since. He's unsigned. He's available. Yeah. What are you suggesting? Um, just saying, you know, either either bring him with his buddy and then they can hang together in Chicago. That's not. Or maybe he's a potential replacement for this guy if you have to. Yeah. I don't I, I know. That you're none of that is. No. no. Because. Because no, <laughs> that was Ozzy becoming the manager, I yes. believe, and that was Steve Stone. Because no, at his most succinct best. Yes, it was very good. You know, oh boy, brevity so, is the soul of wit. That was obviously Mike Lev- Mike Clevenger. That was pointing out that he was innocent. Um, that this will clear, that he will be exonerated. It's not innocent. I mean, he's, if nothing else, he was married at the time. And I mean, I, I'm just right, let saying. Let me rephrase that. 
he, he there's no innocence. He, he was claiming that he did nothing wrong That's, here, and the and that and the investigation will prove that. I, I think he he. I don't even know if you can claim you did nothing wrong. I think you can claim that you didn't abuse the woman or the child. Right. But you know, I mean, what's right or wrong? Who who determines these things? Well, we're what not, he did was we're not the moral police. Essentially, he shifted the focus on the accuser, and Olivia Feinstead is. Yes who is the woman who making the allegations and her credibility will come into question of if it continues to be, uh, if Clevenger continues to talk and to deny and, and these sort of things. So this was Olivia Feinstead in a riveting interview later in the afternoon on the Parkinson Spiegel show talking about why she would never lie about something like this. My family only ever met Mike twice. So they don't know Mike at all. And I will say if I can offer anyone advice in the same spot, it's to hire a lawyer immediately. Don't let them intimidate you. Don't act like because they have money, they have the upper hand. If they really did something wrong, that you have the upper hand. And with everything that's happened, my biggest mistake was not hiring lawyers sooner. By posting, I have had so many more women come out and validate stuff he's done to them. I had one girl tell me that she had to drop out of college and put herself in like eight years of therapy and it's documented with a psychiatrist of the PTSD she went through. And so just little stuff like that. I don't know how he can deny multiple women after multiple females. So I don't have a past of boyfriend saying that I've never, ever, ever, ever accused anyone I've ever been with of hitting me ever. Um, I've also never accused anyone of child abuse. So it's really big allegations, and at the end of the day, it literally humiliates myself and my kid. I would never lie about that. Yeah. Uh, I would call the cops. I mean, call a lawyer. I mean, shouldn't you, if if you are abused, don't you call the police? That would be obviously the first step you would take. And, and she apparently did file a police report. That was in the Washington Post. Right. So I guess you don't find that on like a Google search. You'd need a Freedom of Information Act. To, to find, find the police report, absolutely. You're not going to be able to find that without having a FOIA. And so you yep. you, you want that to be um, – you, if you're a reporter, you know how to do that. If you are a citizen, it's, it's difficult to know exactly how far – how long this trail is, but it sounds like her her description there is that there's more than one woman. There's several years of a uh, have established a pattern of these kinds of allegations that are similar, and there's more than than meets the eye in terms of just being a, a singular woman making a one a- accusation or allegation about a singular event. And so maybe that explains or help us helps us understand why the investigation is taken. As long as it has, maybe not. But she went on to detail just how horrific some of these experiences were in her mind. I did file a police report after I got the threats of custody because I was advised to by a lawyer to go ahead and document the things that happened. I was going to call the cops the first incident, June 23rd. Mike actually took my phone from me, so I was not able to call the cops immediately because after he choked me, that was the first thing I wanted to do. And then pretty much he was threatening my mom, intimidating her, and my mom was just pleading with me, you know, not to do anything, move on. And it's not in my personality to want to ruin anyone's life. I really don't. But he's single-handedly tried to ruin my child's life and mine. 
he drove the car on acid with his other two kids and myself pregnant that could have killed all of us. So he's so self-absorbed and selfish. I just, I'm so sick and tired of it. I still don't even have like the bottom attachment to my kid's car seat. I will say, I think the MLB investigation team is good. Wow. So that's a pretty explosive allegation. You get beyond the other stuff, which is troubling enough. He drove while well, under the influence I mean, David, I, I mean, help me. of acid. So he's got his two other kids, and he's driving with his pregnant mistress on acid. That's, is that what the accusation is? I think it's what she said. Yes, I do think that's exactly what she said. And some of the details that she went into later were also related to that. And so you wonder if that was the case, as she alleges, exactly what he recalls. So his denials are probably in the context of being somebody that might have been impaired at the time. You don't know. But he- hearing her come forward, I, I don't know if it's, if it's uh, something that drives it home more to, to people listening in the audience? Does it make you believe her more? Does it make you doubt her more because of her trying to sound a certain way? I, we're getting mixed results on the text line, as you can imagine. Maybe people have reaction to what they heard from her just in that, in that small bit of the interview. If you want to hear the entire thing, go to the Odyssey app, and you can download the uh, Parkinson Spiegel podcast because she had a lot to say. Texter, go White Sox. When is acid night at the rate? Oh boy. They turn everything into a promotion. Oh, boy. Everyone, you know, wear some tie-dye and go out there and drop some mm. acid. Yeah, that's unfortunate. <sighs> this is not headed in a good direction. Yesterday was very unsettling. It, it, it was is, very uncomfortable. It, it, it's awful. And It's awful. You you don't know how this has, it has a positive <sighs> ending. This is a terrible start to what was supposed to be a promising re- rebirth of a season, right? This is going to be new. This is going to be fresh. This was going to be the manager that replaced Tony La Russa coming in with all this enthusiasm. And now none of that really seems to matter as much because you're, you have to deal with this before you get to anywhere else. It, it, this is just an awful story and a really depressing thing to, to talk about, frankly. I, I mean, it's um... – it's not anything that you would like to have to deal with. And the very fact that they go to camp and the first day is devoted to Rick talking about it because he never talked about it before, the player coming out because he wants to deny allegations. That, the whole thing is just, um, it's just unpleasant. And I don't understand. It's such a, you know, you, you, um, you get into bed with a player like that, and and you're inviting these problems, frankly, right? I mean, I and I know he said that you know we've had immaturity issues before with players, and we figured that we you know we've been able to get through. Uh, he actually said they won the the World Series with a with a that maturity issue with the player. If I'm a yeah. Sox fan, I wonder how much that bothered them. Yeah, and and you guys, well, you, you just, use guys. I mean, you're leaving it up to it, all sorts of congestion. He invoked conjecture. 2005 and the characteristics yeah. that they took I in know. terms of to put that roster together. What is he talking about? I mean, who is he talking well, about? Probably Bobby Jenks and okay. his, his drinking. And they caught Bobby Jenks was caught, and they signed him immediately. 
and then he ended up being the third closer that year. And they, if they didn't have him waiting that, for him, they that would have won. But student, that's just you, me guessing. No, no, no. You're a student of White Sox history. Everybody who remembers that team goes to the same place mentally. So shame on Rick Hahn for bringing that example right. and drawing that comparison with somebody accused of what Michael Clevenger is accused of. I don't recall any of the White Sox from the 2005 championship team being accused of something this heinous. No, I totally agree. So why do you do that? I think he was, I think he was trying to downplay. I think he was saying, I think the reason he did it is he was saying that, that, that this was an immaturity issue and we've dealt with immaturity issues with different players before. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about, Domestic abuse or or child abuse, of course being, you're not being a maturity of issue. Of course you're not, the, and but, he wasn't either. He was saying that we've brought on guys with kind of odd character issues behind them, and I'm talking about you know the the COVID thing and some every teammates team not has. liking him. Every team and, does, and, I, and he said we we wouldn't have won the World Series if we hadn't done it. But I don't think he was calling any other player an abuser. Um, I know he fashion. wasn't, and I don't but want to imply David, that. But in the context but, of but the in conversation, the context of that conversation, yeah. all you do it leads you to nothing but speculation on who it could be or who <laughs> you know. I mean, I was like, I, I okay, they, was there a maturity issue with Carl Everett? I mean, he was on that team, right? He was the DH on that. There team. was an explosive element about there his was, personality exactly. that so you knew is, coming is, in he was going to have is, to be managed. Is that what he meant, or was he talking Don't about know. someone that had an issue? I I have no idea why he brought that up, but it opened up all sorts of weird conjecture. No question about it. And that was unfortunate, and it was just as but unfortunate you know, to, that he. Uh, was was I think the the one moment that I did feel a degree of I don't want to say sympathy because I said I'm not going to feel sorry for Rick Hahn. He yes. cannot play the role of victim. No, but I did feel a, a degree of empathy when asked about Stephanie Epstein, our guest at 9:25 from Sports Illustrated, asked him about whether or not the agent or the player should have shared this kind of information with him during the course of the negotiations, before they signed a contract. And in that moment, during that question, as he paused, I felt for him because absolutely, I believe, I believe that Mike Clevenger should have. Now, I understand people want to come at me and say that's naive. Of course, you're not going to tell your future employer the, the most, uh, you know, the, the worst part of, what you're, of your past of what you're being accused of. But that's no way to enter a partnership. Oh, I agree. I agree with that completely, David. I, I don't think there's any question that that's not a good way to enter a partnership. But I do think that, um, I don't know. So we, likewise, Molly. So, okay. Yeah. How naive is it to today, this morning, wake up after what happened yesterday happened? And you're Mike Clevenger. And you realize, you realize that you struck a match and you lit, lit this flame of controversy at camp and you are the new guy. Wouldn't you try to just stay away? I, I have a feeling. Wouldn't you just stay away until this is over? I, I, I would imagine that, you know, based on, you know, the accusations, his response to him, his claims of innocence, I would imagine that he wakes up this morning feeling like, oh, thank God that's over. I got that done. I, I, you know, uh, mission accomplished. 
would probably be more the mentality, David, of someone like that. And that's not, I'm not, I'm not indicting him or anything. I'm just saying, I would imagine if you go through your life unconcerned about, you know. You're probably right, but let's have that conversation. If you indeed want to play this out and you're him and you envision being a part of this team this season, you want to do everything in your power to make sure that you're accepted by this team this season, right? Yeah, you would hope. So you would hope that to get in front of this, you say, all right, I'm going to remove myself from the equation. Call an arm injury, whatever the case. I'm going to stay away until the completion of the investigation, and I'm exonerated. I think a guy like him thinks, boy, you know, as being a good pitcher has gotten me out of any issue ever. As long as I pitch well, everyone comes around. All I got to do is perform, and I got to get ready for the season. That's, you, that's you, you're, you're probably right. I know that yeah. you're right. But if you do care, but, but, one but, yeah. iota about being a good teammate, as he implied yesterday, he does and doesn't want to be a David, distraction. Stay home today. Stay you know, home. Unfortunately, there, there, I think we all tend to project our value system on other people. And, you know, I would hide out of shame. I wouldn't want it to be near it at all because I would be so ashamed. I don't sense that he feels that way. That He probably doesn't, and he didn't sound like he did. He sounded like a guy that feels like he's being wrongly accused. I mean. And he feels like a guy that has been. I'd be at church kneeling on glass. Just the way I was raised, I'd be like. You know, putting barbed wire around my waist and whipping myself on the back. I, I, you know, I don't know how. I have no idea how you go through life without without okay. seemingly so, feeling any. So that, that's a good point, and I understand that. I don't want to project too much here, but I do also believe that if you are then the White Sox, and after you dealt with what you dealt with yesterday, somebody has got to be the strong personality in the room to make the point that. It's in everybody's best interest if he does stay away. And you either, you know, this wouldn't be the first time that somebody had forearm tightness on the first day of throwing or an injury that would keep him out of the glare. Just stay away. Make this go away until this goes away. And once the investigation is over, then the White Sox can act or not act. But if, if you take them at their word and they are waiting for the commissioner's, you know, action on this and they they say they can't do anything until that happens make sure he stays away or try to appeal to him to do that until this is over that's probably asking for too much yeah I, i mean you know here's the thing like ethan katz said like a week before they signed this guy that they needed more starting pitching so they signed the guy you know and dustin said this earlier they do need him they do need a starting pitcher. So I don't know where that reality fits into all of this mess. And I, I say that sincerely. I am it, not sure. It just can't. Well, you would hope it can't. It just can't. But, but like these teams, as we talked about earlier, and I'm talking about professional sports teams, they do stuff all the time because they are filling a need. Now, you know, you, you can argue about uh, the White Sox you know, there was an immature player on the 2005 team. The Cubs went out and got Chapman, and they won the World Series. Do they win the World Series if they don't make that move? No, they don't. So I just – I think that you've got to keep all these things – were they were, – were, did Cubs fans quit the team? Did they – were they outraged? Did they walk away? 
No. No, they didn't. No, they didn't at all because they won the World Series and became more popular than And I'm ever. not defending that at I'm all. I'm not defending it either. I and I'm, not, that, I'm not blaming I, it. I'm I saying that's another example I, I of how these things happen. that the Cubs in that, in that story, they – they believed the end justified the means because they were on the verge of a championship. They were that yes. close, yes. and that was the move, and they're willing to make that, that moral compromise, if yes. you will, for the second half of that season. And then once they, they got the, their World Series title, then goodbye, Aroldis, back to New York. Right. The Sox are not on the verge of anything. And then, I'm not defending. They're on the verge of something. Well, they're on the verge of irrelevance. Yes, they're teetering right there. They are, on but the they're verge not on the verge of, of winning the championship, yeah. Molly. The, the multiple championships is the is point is. You would almost have dead. I don't want to say more respect, but you would understand it more if they were a team that was eliminated from the playoffs and they were one pitcher away from putting themselves over the top. That's not this. I don't know what this is, but it's very unseemly, unsettling, and uncomfortable. 312-644-6767. Again, get to your calls. I know a lot of people want to check in. We're going to talk to Bruce Levine next. We'll get his take on what's going on with the Sox. And by the way, the Cubs are in camp too. And and that's a happier story, frankly. It's Mully and Hall on the score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bruce Levine. It's great to talk some baseball. Score Baseball Insider, covering the Cubs and White Sox for more than 30 years. Bruce Levine is a newsbreaker. Inside the Clubhouse co-host, alongside our own David Haw. We've got a lot of baseball conversation to cover in the next two hours. How are you doing this morning, buddy? Great being with you like we are every Saturday, 52 weeks out of the year, talking baseball on Inside the Clubhouse. Bruce Levine. That's a really good question, Bruce. See, Bruce asked the first hard question. With Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 of the score. We always enjoy talking to our friend Bruce Levine, and he joins us now on the score hotline, which is brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Bruce, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, guys. Yeah, it's a great day, and spring training has started. What could be better than that? Super Bowl's over, and uh, <laughs> spring training camp's open. Uh, obviously, the biggest story uh, would be the Clevenger story. Where would you guys like to begin? Well, I mean, I got to tell you, Bruce, it depresses me that that's the biggest story because there are some big stories, and I have some questions. And, you know, we had a texter who said that there's been this assumption that everything was on Tony La Russa, and here we are on, at the opening of spring training, and, and we're talking about this nonsense. Yeah, look, uh, you know, the negativity – is not going to stop with the White Sox probably until uh, 
opening day and we see what the product is out there. You know, they have a new manager, new energy level. Uh, all the guys are coming into camp healthy. You know, you certainly have questions about Hendricks and his uh, ability to, uh, you know, get uh, through his, um, you know, his uh, tests and, and all the things that he has to do to get better. And then uh, you, you also have a situation with uh, Clevenger here. So it, it's hard as a White Sox fan to wrap your head around where you're at and exactly uh, where the team is going at this point. Bruce, I have my doubts, but I want to know what you think. Will Mike Clevenger start a game for the White Sox this year? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I mean look, uh, you, you have a situation here where you have two sides, okay? Um, I, I know that, uh, you know, people are presumed guilty these days rather than innocent uh, when you talk about uh, <clears throat> claims of, of this degree and, you know, the level that, uh, you know, the woman is talking about when it comes to Clevenger and, and the domestic uh, violence situation. But, you know, from the perspective of, uh, you know, where they're really at with this, uh, you know, you have to give him his day. I mean, you have to give him the ability to uh, go through the process with Major League Baseball. And, uh, you know, the White Sox are certainly doing that, giving him a, his opportunity in spring training here to get ready and prepare for the season. I, you know, the, the, the White Sox situations are really tough one. I mean, you want them to be able to vet these situations better and, and not be in this situation, but you, you got no help whatsoever from Major League Baseball on this. And uh, everybody uh, at Major League Baseball that I've talked to you guys said, you know, it wasn't our place to tell anybody about Mike Clevenger because of, uh, you know, he wasn't really guilty of anything at this point. So from, from that perspective, I think that uh, what about him? You know, you, what about his responsibility, Bruce? What about in the conversation before he signed the contract, him or his agent saying, you know what, guys, this is coming behind me. You might want to get in front of this because I'm being investigated for throwing things at my child and for domestic abuse. Well, I mean, you have a point there, you know, but was he going to get signed? Not if he told me that. That's the point. Right. Is that, okay. How, how well, can well, I don't, no, I'm not yeah. ready to absolve the player for anything because he didn't tell me this was coming. You have to trust. You're entering a partnership. You're giving him $12 million, and all of a sudden, mum's the word during that meeting? How does this happen? Well, it happens because he, he in his heart and his mind, feel that he didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, and that, and that, that's so that, that that's, wild. That's, yeah. that's where it happens. I mean, here's the one thing that the White Sox and every team will have to do going forward, and I guarantee you this. I've talked to people at Major League Baseball, and they said from now on, every process that a team goes through, they must ask, are you inv under investigation for anything? Okay? Because if, if the White Sox were able to have asked or did ask to qu that question going into, into the contract negotiations, and he lied... That would be uh, the, that would give the White Sox the ability to get out of the contract. Okay, in this case, according to courts, according to uh, Major League Baseball, he's he's under investigation. That is it. He's guilty of nothing but what she said and what he said. And when we find out exactly what the truth is here, we'll have a better idea. Uh, Mike, I mean uh, David, if 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 he is. Uh, if he's exonerated of all of these issues, are you going to have a different opinion of whether he should tell them or not? 
Um, let, let's talk about the team for a second here. Um, it is supposed to be a different look, a different spring training. Pedro Grifol coming in that we're expecting more energy and accountability with players. What, you know, who is the leader of this team? Who is it? You know, Jose Abreu is gone, and he had been the guy that was sort of the Pied Piper with this group for a number of years. I'm just wondering who takes over that role, and do they have? I mean, he wasn't necessarily a vocal leader, obviously limited to, to didn't speak English. But I'm just curious: um, is there anyone on that team who? I mean, wasn't Aloy asked that question and he had no answer? Well, it was Tim Anderson up to last year, wasn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. at least he was the verbal leader of that team. And uh, obviously he ran into situations, uh, you know, personally that prevented him from being that. And he didn't play after August 6th, which means when you're not on the field, it's really difficult to be a verbal leader of a team when you're not playing and you're not you're not around. You know, you're, you're rehabbing from an injury. So that that's a great question. And I would say that person might be emerging. You know, you bring in guys like Benintendi. Uh, you, get, you bring in, uh, you know, some some other guys that can step up. I think the ability of some of the young players like uh, Anderson certainly is. But, uh, you know, maybe start to watch Andrew Vaughn now that he is the first baseman, now that he's replacing, you know, the iconic uh, Jose Abreu. Maybe he starts to be a leader, a voice on this team. Uh Young leadership is essential. If Aloy and Robert can be guys that can stay on the field, and that's a big if because they are essential to the success, the future success of the Chicago White Sox, uh, maybe they emerge as leaders. I don't know, but it's a great question. I think it's Anderson, but we'll have to find out. Uh, you know, again, staying healthy on the field, that's going to be the key to being able to help the team win as well as being a leader. All right, Bruce, let me ask you about something that won't make my stomach turn. Um, the Cubs <laughs> signed Michael Fulmer to play a role in the bullpen. How big, big of a signing is it? What role will he play? Well, I think he's he's going to be the closer for the team. Although they did have people looking at Zach Britton, who was a great closer three or four years ago. Uh, you remember the great years he had with Baltimore, for sure. He was one of the best closers in baseball. That was uh, three and a half years ago. So, from the perspective of, uh, you know, who it's going to be on this team, I think Fulmer is the guy, uh, you know, coming back, a, a healthy uh, pitcher, a guy that can command three or four pitches, knowing that he was a uh, successful starter at the beginning of his career and had segued the last couple of years into the bullpen. Uh, you know, Hoyer talked yesterday about the fact that they had done a good job of identifying veteran pitchers in the last two years and then flipping them at the deadline, which they did, and, and, and it worked out well. Uh, nobody really emerged the last two months of last year as the closer, but from the situation right now, I think it's Fulmer. You know, you also have Wick, you have Boxberger, who has uh, closed before that they brought in, so there's some veteran presence. But Hoyer said from now on, our goal over the next few years is to build our bullpen through our farm system and our farm system arms. We feel that's the way to go. So we'll see if that be, begins this year or, you know, Fulmer or Boxberger starts a season in the bullpen. You know, last year, we weren't sure going into uh, the opening day last year who the closer was going to be. Robertson hadn't closed for a while. 
you know, a couple of years at least. Uh, he was out for a year with uh, Tommy John. So it, it was a question mark last year going into uh, opening day. We'll see how it shakes out this season. You know, it's funny because we heard from Marcus Stroman and he said that he's uh, he's going to have the, the sinker sinking because he feels great about the uh, shortstop and second baseman behind him. And we were kind of talking about um, how good potentially Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner could be. And, you know, obviously one guy's a gold glover and the other guy was a uh, finalist for a gold glove and, and is moving to an easier position if indeed that's the case. Uh, how good will their defense be? And, I mean, I know everyone's concerned about the power, but when you hear a pitcher talk about a willingness to, to throw anything because he knows the defense is behind him, pretty good, pretty good comment. Yeah, and, and, you know, you throw into the, uh, the equation now that uh, shifting is no longer available to teams and you have to have range. And what they do is they have two shortstops playing up the middle. In Horner, who arguably was at the top two or three shortstops last year, I think most people agree on that. Uh, he, he showed something that people didn't realize last year, and that is a great arm from shortstop and being able to handle the position all year healthfully in a, in a health having his health all season. And you have Swanson, who's a former gold glover and a, and a leader coming from the Atlanta Braves. So I, I think just just knowing that shifting is no longer available and having two guys with range and the ability to uh, cover that ground is going to be essential. I, I agree with Stroman that, you know, he should be enthused about the fact that he's got great support there, as well as Bellinger up the middle in center field, which he's automatically going to be the best center fielder that the Cubs uh, have had out there since uh, Fowler was uh, leading the way back in uh, in 16 and 17. Good stuff, Bruce. I look forward to arguing with you again on Saturday morning. <laughs> oh, it's, it's always fun arguing with you, Dave. Can't Guys, wait. have a great day. All right, too. buddy. Thank you. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the one thing that Rick Hahn talked about, I think, the one question he was asked was about second base, and he said that uh, Romy Gonzalez had an amazing offseason. That's how he answered it. Yeah. That's how he began his answer. Yeah. So it sounds like he's got the he's got the lead, leg up on that the leg job. up on everyone else who's in camp right now. Right. Who's on the roster right now? But he wasn't asked about those implied trades, right? That, that there's well, no trade. He spent so coming. much time talking about well, that's the issue of the day, yeah. right? That nobody got around to. And I understand this. I'm not criticizing the the questions necessarily because there was a topic that was more important, but. He did throw money at the problem. Mm. He didn't come up with creative trades. And the offseason, from Mike Clevenger to Andrew Benintendi to Romy Gonzalez being your opening day starter at second base, the offseason did not go according to plan. Interesting. Okay. 312-644-6767. I'm just, I'm just wondering about the team at some point. I, I, I can't help it. I, I understand why. You do. I understand. I, I guess I, I I want to be there. I, I, I still have so many questions about how this all went down and why we are where we are when you have. Well, I mean, here's uh, the biggest question. Something you invited and what, brought into your organization. This is what I'm saying. What, like, what about anything they've done? And I mean, literally ranked the worst offseason by pretty much everyone, including they got an F, I believe, from the graders at The Athletic. What would make me believe that things are going to get better after last year's 
whatever that was. And and frankly, David, after one day, uh, you know, I'm already kind of filled up with it. After one day, yeah, you feel very much like you did on the last day it's, of last season. And and I fed I up. Thought the texter who said, you know, I thought all this was on Larusa, and now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, that's where we're at, man. I mean, it it was not it, a very pleasant offseason. I mean, Andrew being attended, he will be good. All right, he's a good player. Oh, don't, don't that, that should wrong. help. I'm That's not, a good I'm signing. Say, yeah, I in agree. terms of value, that may be one of the best signings of the off season. But I didn't expect it because we were told not to. Right. This wasn't going to be a problem. They threw money at this. Was going to be a problem in terms of the holes in the lineup that they found ways to creatively trade for and to maneuver with and all those other things. So this has not gone according to anybody's plan. No, no. And now we know a little bit more by why Mike Clevenger signed in November, though. Give me the pen. Where's the pen? Yeah. Don't ask me any questions. Let me let me sign the contract before it gets and, ugly. And I I think that it, Rick, he probably should have answered that question more honestly. You're right. If somebody signed for you, and you know, if 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 you were taken by someone, and that's what it sounds like, if you got pantsed by somebody, wouldn't you be pretty peeved, or are you peeved at yourself? Well, is Omitting something the same as lying about yes. something. Yes, it's a lie of omission. Well, then. That does exist. They were lied to. Of course. The Sox were lied to. Yeah. And so I would be mad about that. I wouldn't take 12 seconds and give you a politically correct answer if asked about that when I'm addressing something this serious. I if, would be ticked off. If someone asks you a question and you don't answer it, isn't that? if some, Like, let's say, and I mean, there's an awful example. Are you cheating on me? Uh yeah, what are you talking about? Why would you ask a question like that? That's not answering the question. Are you? Where do you want to have lunch? <laughs> we have lunch today. Have you been seeing other? You partners? look great in that hoodie. Oh boy, see, this is. Uh, and this I is, like the way that this is a practiced see? hand, and I'm concerned. Change the subject. There you go. That's what yeah. you do. Hey, I did suppose. I mention the earthquake? Is really the toll's gotten crazy. And oh boy! How concerned I am. It really is awful, by the way. If you haven't seen the numbers of that Turkish earthquake, and we don't even know how many people have died in Syria, so it's really horrible. But it would change the subject. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven is the number. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Are, are, are you confident you'll be fully exonerated? I'm confident. I am. Your, any idea on a timeline? From, from- uh, I have no idea. Yeah. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Wow. I'll tell you what. It's been an interesting day all the way around. A lot of people want to check in, and we're going to get to all your calls. 312-644-6767. Let's start with Frank. Frank's in Lombard. Hey, Frank. Good morning. Always a pleasure. Uh, this is uh, just a bad situation, and it's a shame we have to call a sports show that brings us joy to talk about negativity like this. And once again, it's surrounding my lifelong favorite team. You know, I've called the show a million times. My family's had season tickets to the White Sox in, since the 70s. I am disgusted by the whole organization for little stupid things like La Russa. And now hiring the new guy, but keeping Boston, Daryl Boston, to have a monopoly still and running the show from up above when you should sell the organization and the Bulls, too, to be honest with you. 
So now this is a rough situation because even if a quarter of what this poor woman is saying is true, I don't want this garbage representing the White Sox. My nine-year-old who loves baseball watching this, and in this day and age with social media, he hears it. You can't hide it, okay? So unless she is an award-winning writer for movies, something she's saying is true. And whether it's abusing women or children, which could you get any lower, okay? And I understand, Michael, what you're saying. It was on him, too, as a person to come out and reveal this news, whether it's true or not. That goes to show you that it's true because he's trying to hide it until the time has come. And now the time has come, and the White Sox once again will do nothing about it. Thanks, Frank. Appreciate the phone call. I will go back to what I asked Bruce and he seems certain about it based on his experience and maybe insight and just instinct, and I disagree with him. I'm not convinced that Michael Clevenger is going to pitch for the White Sox this year, and maybe that's overly optimistic or maybe that's just projecting again, but I do think that we're a long way from being so certain about that. We're a long way from being certain about anything. Well, I mean, listen, David, honest to God, okay? Honest to God. When I heard about this story, we talked about it, and I thought there was no way on God's earth the guy was going to be at training camp. I thought it was incumbent upon Major League Baseball to, to figure out what, their, what, what this was, and they were going to make a ruling, and he would probably be suspended, and we would not have to deal with what we dealt with yesterday. I, I was taken aback by the fact that, so now, I, I think all bets are off. All bets are off. I, I grant you that, and I, and I understand that. The reflex with the White Sox is to expect the worst because you're typically going to be right. So the worst case scenario to me is that Mike Clevenger takes the ball on the fifth game of the season and goes to the mound wherever that game may be and is wearing whatever jersey numbers he's wearing, and, and so he's, he's out there as a member of the White Sox. But I think that we're a long way from there as well because they still have to talk to Olivia Feinstead and hear her allegations for a second time in person. They have to factor that into some of these other – if they've done their due diligence as an investigative arm, and what else have they done the last seven months? Don't they have to have I, listen, more evidence? I mean, you know, Rick Hahn came out yesterday, ultimately, and he did one of these. Like, what, like, what am I supposed to do? Not me. I, I mean, Not we, us. You know, we're in this situation. We can't do anything. Major League Baseball, the, the commissioner, what can we do? Well, I mean, there there is you could just you could just end this. Did, did you sense exasperation on his part? No. Did you? No. I wish I did. I thought I would. I, I, I was I really hoping did. for some. Well, he's got to feel it, doesn't he? Don't I, you think he has to feel a sense of betrayal because of what I keep going back to? Yeah. That I, conversation I mean, with the agent, with the player, with not being forthright I mean, with everything that could be happening next or maybe he feels that he did everything the right way and in this situation is this situation throw your hands up what are you supposed to do let's try john johnson joliet hey john hey good morning guys you know six or seven years ago when mancata and a few of the others just started coming up the excitement the anticipation of what was supposed to happen and the promises not only from Rick Hahn, but from the Chicago White Sox themselves. Just, it was just electrifying. I just loved it. And to see we're continuing to get the promises, 
and nothing's ever happened. I mean, a couple of years ago, there were 93 wins or 90 wins. Right. Now they're projected 77 wins. And, you know, I'm already depressed, depressed as a White Sox fan. The damn season hasn't even started. Yeah, I agree with you, John. And, uh, and you're a good Sox fan, and I think a lot of people kind of feel that way. It's just, I mean, you're just. But I don't could, think Michael Clevenger could, is the difference between 77 and no, 83 but, wins. But could you start out, could you, do you have to start off on the wrong foot? They started right. out so well. Pedro Grifol made a very strong first impression. The Benintendi signing was a very nice surprise. We thought the other trades would be coming. We thought that this would be a new day, a fresh start, re-energized organization on the first day of spring training. Yesterday felt like more of the same. The air is still stale. You still want to pinch your nose and hold your breath, and it's still very difficult. To be a Sox fan. 312-644-6767. We're going to stay with your calls. It's Molly and Haw on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.